thank you. Um, the Black Student Union feels in this situation that we have the opportunity to give you the pleasure of meeting a beautiful black woman. The Black Student Union in the past have made it a point to give a cross-section of political thought for black students on this campus to have a clear understanding of what our struggle means. I'm not going to go into no long speech. I'm just going to make it clear that this is the point of the Black Student Union here on this campus. Under the auspices of ASUCLA Speakers Program, and with the support of the Black Student Union, I introduce Kathleen Cleaver. Proud of the people, brothers and sisters. Right on. You have to excuse us from being late. We were sort of uh, blocked by uh, LAPD, white cars, I don't know, CCS, CCI, whichever one. And we got tied up trying to get down to the court uh, for Geronimo's trial. And furthermore, uh, <clears throat> we received information that um, the uh, FBI, they didn't say who, but, you know, these pigs are... Uh, they might anticipate an incident, and if anything is provoked, they wanted to be able to call this special act so they could bring the LAPD down here in force. So, uh, you know, how they do these things, if everybody be cool, and uh, then we know who the pigs are, because we know they're in here, see. <laughs> they running this. Um, in terms of uh, political situation, it's very clearly delineated in California, uh, especially in terms of the concrete development of the fascist state, which is at its most advanced, advanced stage in California, and uh, really very highly concentrated in an urban fashion in Los Angeles. In terms of the key issue, the central issue in the uh, liberation struggle at this particular particular time, I'm sure you're all aware of it, it is the key, the issue of the political prisoner. Uh, the vanguard force in the liberation struggle at this present time is the imprisoned population, and there are specific prison populations that are very key. We have the political prisoners, those of the revolutionary forces, the political activists, and those who are being imprisoned to prevent them from carrying out their political activities. A very classic example of this is the case of the LA-13, and in particular, uh, Brother Geronimo, formerly Deputy Defense Minister of the Southern California Chapter of the Black Panther Party, who are presently on trial now. Uh, I think all of you could recall the L.A. shootout in December and that event and what that is about. And that trial is presently going on uh, really in obscurity. There is the issue of the military prisoner. And I don't mean just the soldier in the army who is a prisoner of the military machine, but the military prisoner, the political pri within the stockade of the military. And in the state of California, in the stockade of Fort Ord, 
held in maximum security at the present time is a black brother from uh, Watts who's returned from Vietnam and being held on uh, charges of fragging, uh, killing some white officers, and uh, the military is calling for the death penalty. Now, the thing that makes this case, case very classic is the fact that never in the history of the United States have they ever called for the death penalty of a soldier in the U.S. Army. And they choose this black soldier to call the death penalty upon Brother Billy Dean Smith. At the same time, they let Lieutenant Kelly uh, parade around as some type of national hero. You see, he's a hero to the fascists. And the fascists are uh, supporting him, and this is why he can uh, carry on like this. Then we come to the key struggle and where you find the most profoundly dedicated forces in the liberation struggle in California in particular, and that is the convict population, the black convict population in these prisons. An example that brings that to your mind is the assassination of Brother George Jackson. But the trial of the other two, the Soledad brothers, is going on now in San Francisco. And you have to understand there is a definite interrelationship between the struggle of the revolutionaries, the forces within the prisons and without the prisons, within the military and without the military, within the political organizations and without the political organizations. And it all links up in the relationship of the underground. Because you see there's a cycle in this uh, revolutionary momentum, in this phase of development of the struggle at the present time, whether you come from the prison or from the military or whether you come from the streets, you get the choice of going either to the military or to jail. Whether you come from the above ground and are forced underground or to jail, you see the same people moving around in this cycle of revolutionary action, especially in California. It's very clear in California. We're very concerned about... Uh, the issues here because I'm sure that you know it was in California that the Black Panther Party for self-defense was originated and that the Black Panther Party got its birth and uh, proceeded to develop the Afro-American liberation struggle and it must be very clearly understood by everybody because apparently uh, a great confusion has been caused by some so-called Panthers and some so-called revolutionaries during uh, the past two years that the uh, Black Panther Party had something to do with creating the Afro-American liberation struggle when in fact it's the other way around. The Afro-American liberation struggle produced the Black Panther Party as a vehicle of its advancement and as long as that instrument is advancing the struggle then it's revolutionary and vanguard and the minute it stops doing that it's uh, blocking, it's retarding, it is not a vanguard it is not a relevant organization at the present time. The present structure, the present operation being carried out by these masqueraders, uh, these uh, phonies, these fakes, and they're very well known to the real Panthers who are also well known to the real police and who are also still being persecuted, tortured, uh, arrested, killed, and shot throughout this country without your knowledge because of the complicity of the so-called Panther Party with these forces of uh, oppression to uh, make a compromise so to get the heat off of them, you see?
So this is why we say that the Black Panther Party is any type of revolutionary force is dead. The Black Panthers, however, are alive. The Black Panthers are in jails. The Black Panthers are running. The Black Panthers are starving. And we cannot sit here pa passively and look at these uh, egomaniacs or whatever they want to call themselves go around and parade as if the Black Panther Party belongs to them. Because we know across this country there are hundreds, 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 thousands, thousands, thousands of black people, poor people, white people, all kinds of people that dedicated something to building the Black Panther Party. The base of that party was an Afro-American black lumping proletariat in the cities, in the ghettos throughout this country, in California, in the Midwest, in the East Coast, and now in the South. This is the Black Panther Party, not this apparatus that parades around and passes out this disgusting newspaper and it's nothing, it's just a, a haven for a police informant at this point. It's absurd. And this is why it has become necessary for us to, uh, in the international section, to uh, move in this manner to clear up all these contradictions and confusions about the Black Panther Party that you are being subjected to and are using as an excuse not to do anything and not to relate. Because the case of Geronimo in Los Angeles, the case of Landon and Roy in New Haven, the case of the brothers in jail in New Orleans, all these brothers, these revolutionaries have been abandoned and are let at the mercy of the power structure. And these are the people that move the party, move the struggle, and these are the revolutionary. They don't care about that other stuff. We feel, from the information that we've received, that the present status of Huey P. Newton, I'm sure many of you are aware of this, and maybe many of you are not, is that of a Manchurian candidate. That the man was a revolutionary who was arrested and taken into the California Department of Corrections penal system. He was released in a surprise move at a particular time that was somewhat crucial. And when he was released, he was no longer the same person. And during this period of time, he had been subjected and programmed to many types of various drug treatments and uh, distortions and psychotherapeutic uh, arrangements in the, uh, these uh, brain-twisting, people-killing centers that they are run by the Department of Corrections of the State of California in Atascadero, in Vacaville, and, through, and CMC East. Now, those names might not mean anything to you, but you remember them because you might find yourself in those same institutions. And don't you believe it's not possible? This so-called split that many people have made much to do about is not a split. It is development and is a transition so that the revolutionary forces that were organized at one time through the party, many of whom, after a certain period in time, went on to organize other organizations and participate in another level because they could not participate in revolutionary activity with this apparatus. This so-called split has been the coming to head of internal contradictions within the party since its foundation, but as the party grew and developed a, um, how would you say, uh, resolving of contradictions that finally came out in an open break. And these contradictions that existed as a legitimate uh, 
phase of the development of the liberation uh, forces and the development of ideology through practice and theory and practice and theory. Uh, also uh, picked up on by the police forces, in particular the LAPD uh, criminal conspiracy section and the FBI working out of uh, L.A. and manipulated upon and played upon through whisper campaigns and he said this and he did that and false information and all of these little tricky tactics that they use to confuse people and distort them and make them paranoid and withdraw and all these types of things. So you have to look at the situation and look what has been done to the Black Panther Party primarily through three forces. You have the outright blatant police attacks. Then you have the police infiltration. And this infiltration is on many levels. Don't you think it's not? From Washington, D.C., or the Pentagon, the FBI, the CCI, the IDA, all of them. I don't even know their names, and it's not relevant because it's all different levels and different aspects of pigs, of enemies, all right? that have brought about this split throughout the country. And there's, I mean, there are many splits. Terrorized, intimidated people, and some police informants, and so-called central committees. But what has happened to the party, and the final outcome of this has created a tremendous setback and a disappointment to the community of black people, to the community of revolutionaries, to the people that look to that for some type of leadership and direction, and to the international revolutionary movement, because whether or not you know it, the Black Panther Party was recognized as a vanguard force, not only in this country, but throughout the world, especially in Africa. And the destruction of the Black Panther Party by these combined forces of agents, of pigs, of jailings, of prisons, of brutalities, of murders. I'm sure you're fully aware of many of these murders, one in particular, but this has uh, really destroyed the Black Panther Party and they have been cooperated, this process has been collaborated upon by the counter-revolutionary and revisionists, and this is what it is. Leadership offered by the David Hilliard, June Hilliard clique, and we say this because this is exactly what it is. We are not calling names, and if we want to get into a question and answer session, we can go into details about this. We know you don't know these things, it was none of your business. You see, we hope to be resolved these things internally, but it became impossible. But everybody needs to understand this stuff so they don't be uh, lost in a maze of confusion and they don't allow this and these contradictions and the way they affected things in Los Angeles are very, very pertinent to the fact that this brother Geronimo and these brothers who defended the central office during the shootout are up in the county jail and sitting in that courtroom and nobody's outside there relating to it. You see, and this is exactly what they want. They think they got a clear-cut railroad and this is their final coup of destroying the Black Panther Party. And the Black Panther Party is a name that's irrelevant, you see? That's why we say that's dead. Forget about that. Later for it. Destroying these revolutionary forces that were organized, coordinated, and moving in the L.A. area against these police forces, and they know it. And they don't tell you, because what's been going on across this country is a direct confrontation between the revolutionaries in the Panther Party, the military and political revolutionaries in the party, and the police departments. Whether you